This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, talking to Jean Lee Hungerford Krull. She moved with her family to Altamont when she was five years old. She is 96 now and says she is glad current residents are fighting to retain the village's historic Victorian buildings. Kroll went through all 12 grades in the single building that was Altamont High School, since demolished. She recalls during the Great Depression, while her father, Isaac Hungerford, was out of town, the Hungerford children, like others in the village, enjoyed the freedom of playing on their own. During World War II, Kroll served in the waves. She remembers being awakened with other members of the Navy Choir on the night of April 12, 1945, the night President Franklin Roosevelt died. I'd like just to begin at the beginning. How, how old were you when your family moved to Altamont? I was five years old. And just tell us about what the village was like back in the 1920s when you moved here. More in the 30s because it was 1928 when I came. Okay. But I really remember the 30s. I've been thinking about it the last few days. Yeah. It was a pretty bustling village at that time. And where did your family live? Uh, When we first came, we stayed with my aunt, uh, Bernice Vincent, on Prospect Terrace. But then... Uh, we moved to the house on Western Avenue where the, I don't know what kind of a house you call oh, it. Oh, group home? Yeah, the yeah. group home. Um, that, that was a farm at the time. And uh, the McMichaels lived on one side of the house and we lived on the other side. So that's where I walked to school from and walked anywhere else from. And you were the oldest child. I was the oldest. And tell us, as you, if you can, in order, who your siblings are okay. or were. Well, uh, the next to me was Peg, we called her. Her name was Margaret, actually. And then was Marsha, who was, people will remember as Marsha Pearlie. And then quite a few years later, Barbara was born. So there were the four of us. And tell us a little about your parents, who who they were and what they did. Well, my dad was born and grew up on the farm in East Burn. So he was a farmer boy to start with. But he went on uh, without a college education. He graduated from uh, Altamont High School in 1918. And he went on in later years to become the deputy director of the New York State Employees Retirement System. Wow, so he did well. He did very well with a high, with a Elwood High School education. Yeah, well, I looked up an old story that your daughter Kristen Casey had written, and she wrote that when he was younger, he was the tallest boy. And so he would light the lamps. He was. He, he lit the gas lamps. Yeah. I thought, he, he was about, I think he was on six foot two. And, uh, but that's what he did when yeah. he was in high school. 
That's neat. And yeah. Altamont High School, of course, has been torn down long ago, but oh, I've yes. seen pictures, and what a beautiful school was, that was. It was. It's too bad they tore it down. And he came off the hill and probably lived in the village well, in order to uh, go to school? Well, my two great aunts lived on uh, Helderberg Avenue, and uh, he stayed with one of those aunts who, never, who didn't have any children or any other family, so she had the room for him. So he stayed with Aunt Florence. Well, he went to school. So getting that education turned out to be a good thing. Yes, it did. So what, tell us a little about your mother. Well, my mother was a city girl. They met at uh, a place on uh, Warner's Lake. And uh, they met in July and were married in December. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they knew they were right for yeah. each other. Uh, and it lasted until my, well, my mother finally died in 1980. My father died in, in uh, no, my mother died in 1990. My father died in 1980. So it lasted from 1921 to that time. Oh, that's wonderful. But mother was a city girl, and uh, she, well, I, I don't remember too much about her young age, but uh, I know I had a book of hers, and I know she what she called jump center for her bas- for the basketball team when she was in high school. Oh wow! So that was rare to be an athlete and a woman in that era. Yes, good for her. Yes, but she didn't have any further education either. But she was very smart. Let's say. Uh, I don't know. She just, and she was more of a social butterfly than my father was. My father was, I mean, well liked and, and, you know, very social himself, but he was sort of on the quiet side, and mother was a little. <laughs> well, that can be a good combination in a marriage, Tim. Yes. And again, that same story by Kristen, it went over some of the family history that was fascinating. Your mother had in her family tree Aaron Stevens, who was an interpreter during the French and Indian War and the grandson of a Mohawk princess and Dutch settler. I mean, what what a long-term history you have on both sides yeah, in, both sides. in this country. My dad's went way back to 1630-something. Gosh, it's family, that's friend. amazing. Yeah. And in this area, too. Talk I know, about they deep all were roots. here. So then getting back to your own childhood, um, just tell me a little bit about some of your favorite pastimes in Altamont as, as a kid. I think about that a lot when I think about kids today that don't play outdoors and they don't. I don't know. It's just different. Uh, we we amused ourselves. We never heard the word boredom, yeah. and we played outside. I can remember playing cowboys and Indians with the boys in the neighborhood, and I like to draw, and I like to. I learned to read quite early, and I love to read. Are you still a reader? Oh yes. What what kind? What are your favorite kinds of books? Or do you have a very I like favorite historical book? fiction best? Yeah. Actually, right now I'm reading uh, rereading one of uh, Diana Gabaldon, Gabaldon, however you say her name, the Jamie series right. I call it. But I've read them before, but I'm enjoying every minute of it still. 
That's great. Well, so when you were playing cowboys and Indians, this interests me because um, I don't think kids do that anymore. You're right. I don't think so. You were kind of on your own in the village. Oh, very much so. We were free to go anywhere. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes now that my mother ever even knew where we were most of the time, and that that was even when we were quite young. So it was the kind of environment where there were probably adults around that you knew in the neighborhood, and, and everybody knew kind us. of oversaw everyone <laughs> yeah. else's kids as they played. And I can remember, as I said, my two great aunts lived on, on Heldeberg Avenue, and we would go to visit our relatives, and I had another, I think she was a second cousin or something. She lived uh, in the house next to the Masonic Temple. We'd go and visit these people. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. You could go They'd on your own. They'd give us a cookie or whatever, <laughs> and we'd talk for a while. And that's what, but we did that with our old, older, and I mean older, they were my great aunts because they were my father's aunts. And uh, it was just nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Masonic Hall, Mm -hmm. and I know one of the things that came up at the story swap was there were movies at the Masonic Hall. Is that? Oh, yeah. Every Tuesday and Saturday. So you didn't have to, like, travel into Albany to go to a movie theater. You could go, Well, we didn't go to the movies that often. (laughs) So what kind of movies were there? Well, it seems that I remember that on Tuesday nights it was usually cowboy movies. <laughs> Hence the cowboys and Indians I, in the well, play. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, on Saturdays it was just the normal movies that were going on in, in the country or area, whatever. Yeah. But as I say, it was a long time before we went to movies because money. So even at the Masonic Hall, it was you had to pay to go. Oh yeah, and money was. I always can't remember tight. now what it was. It might have only been twenty five cents, but it, that was right after the bad depression days. Yeah, and with four right. kids, and my father had he. After my parents were married, the, my father worked for my grandfather, who was a real estate person mm-hmm. and he was a builder he built some houses in Albany and things didn't quite work out after a while and so dad ended up working with my uncle Bill Vanzant who worked for a, a Dumry construction company they call it Dumari now and uh, they worked on roads and stuff around the country and my dad actually in those first years was working in New Jersey and all over so he so that must have been hard on your mother it was with it four was. children at home but and she had the advantage of of the McMichaels lived in the other side of the house they didn't have any children and we called them Aunt Ada and Uncle Jim so I mean she always had someone in the house that was good. But I mean her, you know, the grocery shopping, all things like that. She had to do all that herself. But there was always the Ada. Right nearby. With the kids that were, you know, that were there. And uh, I don't remember when my dad first started with the state. So it was a, a, not a lot of years, but a few years that that situation 
Right, but once he started to work for the state, then everything was fine. Yeah, more money, I bet. Well, you mentioned your mother doing the grocery shopping, and I remember from that story swap, people said there were three grocery stores at Uh, the time. That's the thing I've been thinking about the last thing. Well, tell us a little about... You want me to tell you what it was like then? I would love that. I can start start with the drugstore. Okay. And then there were three grocery stores, the AMP, the Byright, and the Grand Union, and they were all at the same time. Now, I, I know where the A&P is because it became the Hungerford Market, right? Yes. That was the old A&P. Yes. And what about the other two? Where were they? Well, the, the Byright, I don't know. That was probably a, a, a name or a company from someplace else. But mm-hmm. uh, Pangburn was the manager there, and it was just a regular grocery store, yeah. just, just like Grand Union or something else, mm-hmm. you know. And the Grand Union was a well-known store at the time, the same as the uh, AMP. Yeah. And uh, Al Marion was the messenger, or was the manager there. So we had the three grocery stores. And that's it's so hard to think of today, isn't it? Well, if people didn't look in the 1930s. The car hadn't been on the So your mother would thing. walk to go grocery oh, shopping? Oh, every, everybody walked, and everywhere. Would she carry them home, or she had a cart? It wasn't, oh, no. no. <laughs> okay. She carried them home. And she also, when they moved up to Helderberg Avenue, she also carried the groceries up there. So she was in good shape. And so, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she was. And the, there were the three grocery stores, and then we had to go down Maple Avenue. We, we had the hardware store, and then we had a dry cleaning store. And then, of course, there was the uh, Lanehart building with the three. There was a barber shop. And when we first moved here, there was a store in the center part of that that was sort of like a five and ten. They had a lot of everything. And, and that was right next door here where the parking lot is. That was in the middle part of yeah. the, it, it had three business things. And it was the um, barbershop, and then this store, and then there was, a, like they called them newsrooms in those days. I mean, they where they sold the newspapers and magazines. Mm-hmm. And I think they had uh, drinks available, you know, like whatever drinks they had at the time in the, like root beer and stuff like that. And then you go to, well, pretty early on, I don't know when it started, was the, the Maple Avenue Grill. And the post office was in the, at that time, was in the second building from the Masonic Hall. It was a, a home, up there, but oh. that's where the post office was. Huh. And one thing about that is that we used to love when in the spring when the baby chicks would come through the on the railroad, and the boxes would be on the floor of the post office. And you could hear the chicks. And we could <laughs> poke our fingers in. Oh, and see the little chicks <laughs> yeah. who arrived by train to Altamont. Oh, isn't oh, that yeah. fun? Everything came that way. Did your family keep hens? Oh, no. No, no this was... Uh, that goes for the people up on the hill. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they got their right. uh, fall and things. And there was nothing on that side, but you go across the street, and there was the, the paint and wallpaper store. 
And that was that lasted a very long oh, time because yeah. I can remember like, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And a couple of buildings over, well, of course, there was the, uh, I think the Enterprise was Goldman. Yeah. And uh, Minton Becker's shoe repair store. And beyond that, what is now an apartment place, big square building mm-hmm. there. With, mm-hmm. um, that was a garage of some kind. And my father told me a story about that, too. And that in the back of that building, there was a big hall, like. And that my father used to play basketball when he was in high school. Oh, my That's goodness. That's where they played basketball. So it must have been quite spacious inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, of course, now that building is apartments. And... You come back up, and I, as I said, it was a garage, and then the shoe store, and then the Enterprise. And I can't remember. I think the next house there was just a, a residence. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was a business in there at the time. But then on Main Street, of course, you got the, the drugstore, the grocery stores. We had two bowling alleys. I know where the one was, because that was there a long time. The one that goes on the road to Voorheesville, where, where was the other bowling alley? The other alley? one was, was uh, behind uh, where the Hungerford Market is, the, 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 not the original part of it, but the other oh, really? bigger part. It was, there was a, a big walkway that went back, Oh my! and it was Torlich's bowling alley. I love the way you have a map in your mind. Oh, and it's I like do. you can walk the street the way <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, in the 1930s. That's neat. And uh, there, of course, the Grand Union was where that second part of the uh, Hungerford Market was. And then there was another newsroom that was on the just before the railroad. That was Barbara Jalotte's. And that's where Cindy Pollard has her Homefront Cafe now? Is yes. that Yeah. Yes. Well, one thing you haven't mentioned, and you were a reader, is the library. Where was the library? The library, I don't know originally, but when I... Uh, when you were a me, kid? When I was a child, it was always where the renewed spot is. Oh! That, that little oh, building. Oh, I love that little building. Yeah. That, 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 that would have been a neat library. That was their library, long as I could remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about that isn't really anything to do with Altamont, but um, just so fascinating to me that you had joined the Waves during World War II, and I had to go look up because I didn't know what Waves stood for, and it is... Women accepted, accepted for, for volunteer, volunteer emergency, emergency service. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew just a tiny bit about it because I went to Wellesley College and Mildred McAfee left Wellesley, who, she was the president there, to go and lead the waves during the war. Yeah. But tell us, first of all, why you decided to do that. That was quite... Well, I had worked, when I first got out of high school, I worked for an insurance company for a year. <clears throat> and then I went to work at the depot the Voorheesville Depot. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was all federal at the time, the Transportation Corps. Oh, excuse me. 
So I worked there until 1944. And I forget. In August of that year, I don't even remember why, but I, I left that job. I may have had the waves in mind at that time, I don't know, but I did join in October of that year. I don't know really why. Were I didn't know anybody did that was in it. Did you want to be part of the war effort? Was it a patriotic kind of? I don't think, I don't no. know. Yeah. I don't really remember. It wasn't any big patriotic thing. It was just, at that <laughs> at my age, it was just something exciting to do. It, was, it is exciting. And we have an old picture from the Enterprise of yeah. you in your uniform with your cap <laughs> looking just drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, oh, it was a great experience. So tell us about that. What where where did you go to get Well, the first we, boot camp, we went to Hunter College in New York, mm -hmm. in Queens, I guess it is. And uh, that was about two months, March, April, yeah, from March to May. And then everybody was assigned something, you know, whatever they were, uh, the testing and everything had shown that they were ready for. And then I went to the... Uh, uh, link trainer school in Atlanta and I was there until 46 when the school was moved to Corpus Christi Texas so then we went we went, I went to Texas and and I got out in uh, first of July in 1946 when the, uh, the war was all in well, one of the things that Kristen had written about in this earlier story, I think she wrote for your 80th <laughs> I didn't know birthday. she was going to do that at no, the time. It was a, I looked it up in our archives. She said that the night Franklin Delano Roosevelt died, which was April 12, 1945, I looked it up, you were asked with other members of the Navy Choir. You had to, like, get out of bed, and you sang on national radio some of FDR's favorite hymns. Is that Wow. So what was that like? It was all very exciting. We, it, it was the uh, just the wave choir. It was just our wave, uh, what did they call them, just the unit that we were in, that mm -hmm. we were the chorus. And uh, Ray Charles, do you remember the Ray Charles singers? I do. Not not the black Ray Charles, but the Ray Charles singers. And he was our director. He was a sailor at the time. And that night, we got called out of bed <laughs> and were marched through New York City to the... Uh, was it the Essex Hotel on Central Park? I can't remember, but there, there's a, there was a hotel that faced um, Central Park, and that's where the broadcast was going to be done. And we were marched through the city from the Queens, where we were, to that hotel near Central Park. And the main thing that I remember we sang was the Navy hymn. I don't know the Navy hymn. You don't feel like singing a bit, do you? <laughs> How does that go? Oh, dear. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
oh, I can't remember, Melissa. No. I'm not offhand. Well, so many years ago, I didn't mean to pop that on you. But, <laughs> yeah. Wow, what an experience. Because yeah. the whole nation must have been it. in mourning. Yeah, and they I, still use the, the same. Yeah. It's odd because I know the Marines and I know that. What is the name? I'll have to listen up and see. I, I've got the, the melody sort of in my head, but I can't I could remember. I hear you the humming something. Word. Yeah, so you must have a beautiful singing voice. I don't know how beautiful it was. <laughs> <laughs> I sang in a lot of choirs and a lot of choruses through the years. Well, tell us, we're going back to Altamont now, before the war. I just didn't want to, I, I was afraid yeah, we'd fine. run out of time and not get to the waves, but now we have a few more minutes. <laughs> so I just wonder, um, we didn't hear a lot about the school. What was your schooling like? Um, oh, it was great. We had... I started quite young. I was five o'clock. Uh, five o'clock. I was five years old when I started first grade, and uh, but we had wonderful teachers. They were women who lived in the village, and it was just a great experience. I loved school. So was the. The early grades were they part of the high school building? Is that oh, where it was all all, all in oh, one? So you were in from, that building through right, your whole for, career from first in grade school. through twelfth grade. Oh wow! It was all in there, but two grades were in one room. So <laughs> they weren't in each class. Like how many were in your say graduating class? In my graduating yeah, class, yeah, just to get an idea of the size. I think twenty four. Oh my. I mean, the classes weren't that yeah. big. And, of course, that included the bus people that came from as far away as McGowanville yeah. and also up on the hill. So did you get very, very close to your classmates, having been together, you know, oh, in such yes. a small group oh, all yes. those years? And they're all gone. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that hard to be the person that lives the longest? In some ways, but it, you still remember a lot of them and what you did and so forth and so on but I'm not lots of days I think it's not so great being 96 <laughs> yeah well you you just look remarkable you're wearing a sweater you knit yourself and just looking lovely but yes so I'm very is, lucky what, tell us about the day in the life of a 96 year old like what kind, what <laughs> what does your day consist well, of I, I still do a lot of my own I guess you'd call it housekeeping I have my part of the house I have my living room my uh, bedroom and my bath and I keep them up myself I've stopped most of the cooking because Bob does all our cooking. He loves to cook. Oh, isn't that great to have a man that loves oh, to cook? <laughs> yes, yes. And I did it's make cooking. a batch of cookies yesterday, and it took me forever, and I was exhausted by the time I finished. Is cooking something that you had liked to do before? Were you somebody that was... Um, well, I, I was not... I wouldn't say, say that. No. I didn't dislike it, but yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't have... Uh, been in my catalog of great things to do. <laughs> when you have to do it every day. When you yeah, have to feed four kids. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I didn't mind cooking, but I mean, uh, my sisters are all much more interested in cooking than I ever was. So you do your housekeeping, and I know you knit because I can see the well, wonderful I knit product. and I read, but I, there are things I wish I could do. I used to sew a lot. I made a lot of my own clothes. Really? 
and I made all my kids' clothes, and uh-huh. knit all their things. <laughs> and I loved, in the these later years, I loved to do cross-stitch, but my hands don't allow that anymore. But having the knit, being able to knit and to read, are, I'm perfectly content. And you're back in Altamont. Where a band being in Altamont, yes. Yeah. And well, and the best part about that, of course, is having been with my two kids, my two daughters. So, but Marsha's gone. Bud's gone. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but I have Chris and Kirby, so. So that's that's, that's the good. best part. <laughs> that's an anchor. Yeah. Well, we've used up our time rather fast. Do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share with people, just from your perspective of a ninety-six-year-old, or just from having lived in Altamont when it was such a bustling place? Well, I think one of the best things is that it's good to see people fight to keep Altamont the way it is. I mean, not to spoil it, because these all these businesses I talk about were all in buildings that are still there, and they're just exactly the way they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there may be a restaurant or one, and, you know, or something, but those So that's buildings, good advice. You can reuse what's there and right, keep Right, keep to the keep character. it the way it is. Don't destroy all these Victorian homes and... I'm I'm just happy to see people fight to keep it. Well, good. You're a fighter yourself. (laughs) I can see that. Thank you so much, Jean. Oh, you're welcome.